Come and gather round, children, for it is time to hear a tale. This is a fantastic tale of friendship, camaraderie, and sensual delights. It is the story that could not be told with only two voices, but needed all four, as Gomer and Luke traveled to the Rocky Mountains to meet Adam, an illustrious doctor with a voice that is all about that base, and John, a figure of such towering proportions that he is both respected and feared in the corporate world. Yes, you are invited to listen in on an epic tale told live, recorded with all four of our noble warriors gathered in a mystical location, a Hilton Hotel in Denver. As you listen to our gaudy tales, you will discover we had sensitive microphones, a gaggle of beers, and about 72 inside jokes dying to be proclaimed from a mountain. But we didn't have a mountain. We had a newsroom and a camera. Welcome to the epic tale of Catching Foxes, episode number 14. Why does everyone want to tell me how to edit my own podcast? You know what I'm going to do? I think I think that points to a trust issue, Mike. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode number 13 or 14 of of Catching Foxes, our first ever live episode. And what I mean by live episode is that for you it's pre-recorded, but for us fancy people, we are literally awkwardly staring at each other. Uh, Adam is sitting right next to me on a couch. It is in no way awkward, and we're holding microphones. To our faces. This is exciting. A little bit erotic. But uh, so the reason why we're all gathered here is because we have known each other since we were freshmen. Actually, the week of freshman orientation at Franciscan University. What, what? Uh, no? Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's too scared to talk now because we just had a 20-minute lesson. Because you just berated us. Microphone etiquette. Yeah, yeah. And you still aren't holding the microphone. <laughs> Just to just to the little part. Of, anywho, so uh, we have all gathered here uh, to celebrate Luke's wedding, which is coming up on Saturday. Very excited. We flew in a day early, really, just to have this podcast. So uh, just going around the room, uh, we have um, so we have J- John. I almost said his last name, John, who shall not be last named. Luke, who can't have a last name due to legal repercussions. Doctor Adam Fazzy. <laughs> <laughs> What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, Captain. <laughs> I'm sorry, who? Captain. He's a captain. Oh, that's right. You want me to edit all that out? I don't care. Okay, good. Uh, no. Bleep so, that last name out, I think, right? Oh, well, there so you So, anywho, uh, these are all the opinions here are not the opinions of <laughs> Fox or any other company. We are. Oh, here. shit. <laughs> that definitely gets bleeped. <laughs> Uh, but we decided that we would come here, and we wanted to have a sp- very specific topic to talk about. Um, us. That's the best way to think of it. We want to talk about us and uh, our friendship over the years, because we've noticed something that um, 
that has come up where uh, I will be meeting with, I'm starting a small group community thing at my church because I've discovered that a lot of adults do not have friends. They have coworkers, but they don't have friends. They don't have people who exist honestly in their lives to help them be better people. Um, They have people that exist because of the coincidence of calendars and schedules and the location of where they work and all that stuff. Um, And they can be very, very friendly. But the idea is actually having, like, true Christian, Christ-centered, Christ-centered friendships. And so... On a lot of our episodes, we've talked about the importance of a community and use certain types of buzzwords like accountability and, and... and things like that. And I thought it'd be really cool to capture what that looks like while we talk about what <laughs> while we talk about what that's been in, in the past. I just think also for me, this is a really cool moment in time. I think it would be fun to capture. And I think there's a lot within. I'm mean, so we've 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 been friends since 2001. So that's over 14 years. Wow. Shit. Wow. Yeah. So that's, that's weird to think about. 14 years. It is. Our, our friendship is a is an annoying adolescence, and so uh, this is going to be a little bit weird at first. But I think once we start to chat, it'll kind of it'll make sense. Chapter one, origin story. All heroes have an origin story, a tale of hope and sadness, suffering, boldness and late-night talks about whether or not there would be hot girls at college or if they'd all be homely and shy. But origin stories can be finicky things. Often the details are lost as history becomes legend, legend becomes myth. In this story, our brave Dr. Adam tries to recount the painful awkwardness of how our fellowship began freshman year but we interrupt him frequently with our own version of the events and to prove how funny we are. And so it begins. Gomer and John were in the same small group for, which is a, right? Was it a group yeah. of people? Orientation. Ori- yeah. For orientation. Were a you bunch, in the group? A bunch of, or maybe John and I were in the same group and you were in a different group. No, we were no, all no, three no, in the no, same yeah. group. The Luke was in the different the three group. Three of us were in the same group. You had it right. But it's well, apparently my memories are a little bit more fresh than yours. Yes, I think so. But it's a group of awkward 18-year-olds, you know, coming to college, a new experience, and you're looking across, you know, the the way to see how awkward and uncomfortable everybody else feels and somebody that you can relate to and then other people that you can make fun of, unfortunately. But um and so, yeah, i think i went up to john i made a comment about i asked if there were any attractive girls here because it was like a small catholic school <laughs> and i didn't think there was going to be any so well, i met my wife there so that was wrong but anyway um are they all going to be homely are, uh, yeah are you seeing nothing but homely women and, so, <laughs> and after i said that john came up and he's like dude i totally agree i had the same question i was thinking the same thing and like right away we were and then gomer kept saying all these religious things and we were you know we were drawn to that so we started like wanting to be friends they were drawn to me like moths yeah yeah (laughs) and then i'll let somebody else tell the story of luke yeah so the three of us were in the same group and um the way it worked was you had somebody in the group who like was your leader who was maybe a sophomore junior and they were like a volunteer, and I forget who ours was. Uh, Little Dan, emo Dan, emo Dan. Will, <laughs> yeah. So Dan was our leader, and we were in a, this little gazebo, 
and we were all like kind of sitting around the edge of this gazebo. And so I was sitting next to Adam because we had already bonded over worrying whether there were attractive females <laughs> at, at Franciscan and normal people That's in so general. Sexist. And um, st- <laughs> so sitting <laughs> sitting across the gazebo from us, tell it is uh, say it. <laughs> is this really like creepy looking guy? Oh, that's right. With a with a winter hat. Yeah, I had a, it was I had like a, knit, a my knit cap. Yeah, your knit cap. It was limp like pulled biscuit. down mostly over your eyes. Yeah. My limp thing you have to understand about about Gomer is at this point in time he wasn't really talking to anyone. Yeah, right. I was the yeah. quietest guy in the he group. He was the, the shy homeschooler. Oh, that's with right. With the yeah. beard peeking out underneath his 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 hat, and um, it the so Dan, our leader, was going around. It's like okay, let you know, just tell us about you know something you like and your favorite your favorite band and your favorite movie or something like that. <laughs> and I forget what I said for my favorite band, but you said NSYNC. No, I did not. <laughs> bye, bye, I, bye, bye. I most certainly did not. Um, and, and so I said my favorite movie, I think at the time I said the matrix, the matrix. Yeah, that's a good one. And I remember Gomer was just looking straight at the ground. And when I said the matrix, he, his head just raised up and he looked at me and he had this weird, creepy smirk <laughs> and then he just nodded slowly and i was like oh man that kid is he does not want to be here like his parents forced him to come here when in reality you were like i'm the happiest one to be here i'm so happy i, I have all my scott Hahn cassette tapes in my luggage <laughs> yeah so then after that was over we did small group and i think we had like some free time or something and then like the three of us kind of started talking and we were you know like becoming friends and then <laughs> and then Luke Luke snuck up behind us and was like he kinda like tapped us on the shoulder and was like Do you guys mind if I if I hang out with you? Can I follow you around? We were at the the thing where we all really started like becoming friends and gelling was when we were at the president's ball or whatever they called it, where it was oh, the yeah. dance where they had like a live band that performed like oldies or something, because anything newer than 1970 That's, is immoral. I, t- I and, don't remember uh, that at all. I yeah, totally so, forgot about that. And we were sitting in or standing in our groups waiting to go meet Father Michael Scanlon and Father T- Terry. No, where, it was Father Terry. Where was this? We were in the Fireside Lounge, the upstairs of the JC. You remember because you met him with your with your small group and your yeah. small group oh, leader. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's yeah, and so we were that's where we were that's where I finally came out of my shell. But you gotta understand my context. I had dated a girl who was a wonderful girl, and we broke up right before we came to Franciscan. Like three weeks before. And then I, for some reason, was so like int- like it, it just I came to a new place. I was excited to be a Franciscan, but I for some reason I just emotionally like shut down, socially shut down. Emotionally I was totally fine. Um, until I saw her flirting with this one guy who ended up becoming a member of the brothers. Hate that cult. And uh, <laughs> they, uh, they. Uh, who was the guy? First Michael, name? Michael, whatever, and the brothers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. geez. Yeah, right. That guy's the worst. <laughs> one of the few that uh, I just really could go without. Yeah. <laughs> we should probably edit that out. No. Anyways. No. No, no we're celebrating that shit. Um, and so, and so we. And every time I saw her, I was like. I getting destroyed inside and i remember going into my room and i would pray and i would by myself for like hours and i'm like god why can't i like even talk to people and then it was that night that we did um 
that we did. There was one thing where in Francis Hall, Joey Two Shirts was. We we're all in a big circle. Do you remember that? And Joey, Joey two, two Shirts shirt. was. He always wore two shirts. Uh, was talking. Meat chops. Meat chops. chops Joe. <laughs> he was talking, and we were all like laughing and joking about stuff. But that was like it. And then that night, we did this. We we're all in a line in our small groups to go meet the president, chit chat, and then go out and have fun. And uh, and I just finally like came out of my shell. And then about two days after that, Luke Luke was brought into our group. No, He's, no, I was there. F- no, 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 no. You that. were, yeah, you were there before that because you and Adam had met each other, and you were pissed off with Adam because well, you thought Adam okay. no. flirted no. with your ex girlfriend. I wasn't mad. This was we were still technically in high school at this point, just past <laughs> senior year. We just had graduated. Yeah, because I met so I met Adam in June <laughs> because we were at, at a summer youth conference. conference. That's when I decided uh, to go, and was that, this is so crazy how this all worked out it was john's older sister who convinced me to apply who was an admissions counselor yeah. yeah and then i met adam that weekend and then one of our older household brothers our he was doing a whole bunch of talks there at the conference that, that kind of helped me keep practicing so i want to give a really quick my side of things <laughs> when i first met i don't know if i've heard this oh boy you mean when you asked if you could follow us around? Exactly. Okay. Um, so, the my first night at a Franciscan, it was either, from, yeah, I I was so there wasn't anything going on, and I was really excited about college and to be on on my own. I had just broken up with my high school girlfriend because I didn't want to date her anymore, and I was excited to meet other girls. And there wasn't anything happening. Like after all the activities. That were that that were done by the school. All, after those ended, everyone was just gone. There wasn't any parties to go to or really anything. So I hung out with this group of kids in the a gazebo, who were all kids who were forced uh, to go there. So they're all talking about how much they hate it there, how like awkward everyone is, about all the drugs that they liked it, about all, about all the partying that that they did the week before. And I was like, this is not who I want to hang out with. And then I saw John and Adam in. Of the lobby of one of the dorms. St. Francis. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and that's when I, I mean, I did say, hey, is it cool if I hang out with you guys? Because I just wanted to find normal people. I, I actually think that we asked you. I think we, were, we saw you and were like, hey, I think I recognized you from the conference. Yeah. And I was like, hey, I met you at the conference. Yep. You want to yep. You want to come hang out with us? We were still in that phase of like just asking whomever might be okay with hanging out with us to hang out with us. Yep. And so that from there on, it was over. I mean, that was it. Because you think everyone is finding their new best friend but you. Yep. Yeah. And the ironic part is that everyone who became friends that weekend really weren't all that good of friends afterwards but us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I feel yeah, like from all the true. people that we know, all the different relationships that like ended by like Christmas time. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, we'll be friends forever. Mm-hmm. And then we actually were. This gets to the heart of what we are talking about. When do you think it changed that we became guys who who hung out and were like, "Oh yeah, these guys are all, are you know, all guys that I would like to hang out with. To these are people who are helping me. So I think it was pretty quick that we went from acquaintance over over other friends to like spiritual a companion almost. And like there, there, I think from the start there was a specific uh, camaraderie about us would you guys agree with that i think it's when john first saw your god is not an american t-shirt i'm sure that had to be it do you remember that <laughs> the yeah. 
I think he's yanking your chain, Luke. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just <laughs> <laughs> well, I think it was probably when we started showing interest in, in the households and, and seeing like that we could be around not just us, but other guys that had this had a similar desire for spirituality. And then it would even make our friendship and camaraderie even more strong and even more better yeah, yeah. even more better even much more better. much more better yeah. and good and I gooder know, and goodest. for me i mean i didn't i wasn't really thrilled about even going to the school and like like you mentioned my most so of my sister was an admissions counselor and i went for an orientation because every school that i went to i had to go to an orientation with my dad and i met joey roof and i was like to joey roof to joey, joey. Roof. I was like, huh, normal people exist here. So that was kind of like a door opening for me. And then, I don't know. I mean, I feel, I, I don't know if I could pinpoint an exact date. Because it was kind of like, I I still kind of didn't really, I wasn't too thrilled about being there. But I wasn't anti the school either when we were sitting in that gazebo. Luke, we all went to your parents' house. Um, and then that's when we have the greatest comment of all time. Where uh, this one woman who's from Luke's town was showing us around the mall. We were all hanging out at the mall. And then she turned around, and I'm from the south. We don't, we didn't have these. We have them now, but we didn't then. She turned around, and she goes, wait, do you guys have dicks? (laughs) (laughs) And I just got, I'm like. That was a great moment. Do you guys have dicks? Sporting goods? And I'm like, oh, sporting goods. Wait, there's a place called Dicks? sporting goods so that was a memorable moment that happened um you're welcome for sharing that memory world (laughs) yeah yeah i love inside jokes love to be a part of one someday or you know that whole that whole four day when we just basically sat in luke's basement the entire time playing pod racer because we didn't know what time it was there was like when that time forgot there was like one window but it was thoroughly covered in like cardboard and blankets and you couldn't see in or out cardboard and blankets. <laughs> cardboard, <on it. laughs> cardboard blankets duct tape a grill a, yeah. some zombie flesh metal well, grates i yeah. think adam and i really i've honestly i haven't thought about it this way i, th- I think you hit it on the head when you said it was households and yeah. the idea of of guys and girls who came together with the intent to grow in holiness, I think we took that on pretty quick amongst each other because I think we all we all had I think Adam and I probably had the least in common going in. Oh, actually, no. In hindsight, we had a, we we have a bunch of stuff in common, but I think at the time our personalities out of everyone else. We didn't mesh as well at first. That's I think. true. But then, I mean, it took on. Well, I I, I can go in like later. But, but I think we all, at the same time, made a choice to go. Oh, these are guys that can help me become a better Catholic. Because because I remember like you pretty much had your a conversion, John, like during that time period, right? Yeah. Can you say? Yeah, I would say so. And I, I, I mean, my memory's horrible now that I have kids, but. <laughs> I mean, they they take they take so much I, away. My memory used to be awesome. I was so proud of it. Like I've got the memory of a. No, no, no. Yeah, but it was. Yeah, now it's horrible. Um, so I don't know if I could, you know, identify like when that happened or whatever. But yeah, it was definitely during that time period, and I always kind of attribute that directly to to my friendship with you guys. That you know, you were always an example to me of 
you know, here's what here's what Catholic men are and can be and are even if you're you know, you're you're not perfect, right? You're striving to be something better. And it was kind of like between that and the sacraments obviously and just the overall bubble atmosphere at Franciscan that you kind of just get immersed in. Yeah. Um and all those times yeah. you just walked by Father Michael Scanlon and got caught up in the grace. Uh let the fire fall. Let it fall. I remember a specific uh turning point honestly uh, uh, hearing the scripture verse that said that um um you know fornicators will have no inheritance in the kingdom of God and I I had never heard that before, and I had no idea that, you know, you could go to hell for these types of things. I thought, you know, as long as you went to Mass and things like that on Sundays, good person, all that sort of stuff, you were fine. And I asked you, Gomer, specifically, I said, what? And you were like, yeah, you can't have premarital sex. And, you know, I mean, it's a mortal sin. And I'm like, what? And then we talked about, then the next step was pornography. I know you guys already discussed this. We don't have to go into it. But... I had no idea that pornography was wrong. So from the time that I first saw it when I was much younger all the way through 18 years of age. So that was a big turning point because now I'm learning about major things that have impacted my life that are wrong. Masturbation, never knew it was wrong, was totally shocked. So, you you know, quite honestly, you opened a lot of, uh, you impart a lot of knowledge and things like that. And you too, Luke, and I don't know, I remember as much. I think we were pretty similar as John and I were. I think we were kind of coming along together. Do you remember that? You guys would come and we would all sit at, at the gazebo in front of Francis and we would have these morality. Yeah, because we had no idea. Because I was coming from more of a Protestant background. And with your Protestant youth group that was at a Catholic church, <laughs> yes. loved it so good. Uh, so much, so much goodness. Hey, I can tell you about all, tons of Christian bands. Uh, so, tons of perfectly acceptable alternatives to secular music, just Christian. Don't like Rage Against the Machine? Try POD. Um, remember how much I loved them, and then they just sucked after that, yeah. Um, you know who's great is Justified. Fuck you. <laughs> I hate that so much. And let's all say the name reverently. Toby Mac. Oh, he's... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, if you ever want to know about Tooth and Nail Records, go to Jared Bush, not... <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, we these became are the, friends. This is the great friends. march of inside jokes. <laughs> yeah. We became friends towards the end of our freshman year. So, And, yeah. I, and I, I honestly... Why are you, you screaming? Jared? Why are you screaming? screaming? <laughs> He's getting excited. Did you and Jared did? Yeah, 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 we did. Oh, yeah, I remember freshman year. It was freshman year? Mm-hmm. I thought the you guys hated each other year. until, like, senior year. No, no they no. hated each other until Christmas break. No, he... No, no, it was... Yeah, it was... Yeah, it was, yeah. and then they made out. He always... <laughs> in the gazebo. <laughs> no, I, I think and he, like, during, during one of our morality lessons, no less. So, like, Luke, if I were to kiss you like this, this would be wrong. And like this... And like this, and like this, just keep going. No, is that real? That's not real. Uh, no, that's oh, not real. my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dr. Gullible over here. So, no, it's just to prove a point, just in oh. case our friend Jared is listening. I think he was friends with me. <laughs> exactly. No, it's fine. I think he liked me. I had a little bit of an aversion to people that, at the time, I came from a, a extremely specific and pretentious Christian music scene. So to I I, I can so close minded and judgmental. Around, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. He was a walking around in an Avalon shirt saying that he liked a Christian punk. I was like, who the hell are you? <laughs> who the hell likes Avalon? Hey, and says they like MXPX. No, you, 
so what would be the secular equivalent for people who weren't you know into christian rock in the late 90s i don't even know who those people are avalon and so, so yeah help me please the whole time we just look at luke and yeah, we're like, just nod yeah, yeah. What? Avalon, what? a million yeah. times oh luke <laughs> because as me and Luke would drive around campus, we would say one thing that just embodies what's going on right now. That I don't subscribe to personally. I'm better than you. Yep. Yeah. We, me and Luke did that. None of you guys didn't really do no, that. We no, did. We would do that. Kind of. Yeah, you did a couple um, of things. We drove you around while you did it. So yeah, you yeah, we yeah, were yeah, complicit. Yeah. It was honestly, like, on, on a serious note, I think those talks were probably some of the most important I've had in my life because from that came everything. You're, wel- you're welcome. Like everything, I think. Thank you, you Gomer. Perfect. <laughs> we were at that perfect spot, and I think like we each brought a unique thing. We like we all came. How am I put this? We all came from the same point of we. While we were at a, a Franciscan, I think we all kind of we wanted to dive into our faith more. I don't think we knew what I think. Both as I'm doing, like a, you and I, me and Gomer, we knew what that we knew what that actually looked like. While Adam and well, Adam and uh, John, you, you guys were both starting to kind of see what that could be. Do you think it's true? We didn't have the background that you know that you, either of you guys had. I don't think. At least for me, it was more okay. I know what my parents did at mass, and I know my sister likes it here, but I'm kind of you know I'm, I'm okay and i don't know if this is for me or whatever you know like you said i didn't even know i didn't know the faith well enough to know what was right and what was wrong in cases but i think we all had it is you know you're right but like we all had a desire yeah to there was definitely a desire to go deeper get, yeah and yeah. Get, and but i think we also just really and this is kind of key to when you want to try to define these things we knew we liked each other a lot we like we each it was just so much fun not just like but like like yeah. Oh my. <laughs> it was so much fun. It was just so much fun for us to like hang out because I mean, yeah. And that's all we did. Yeah, that's all we did. I mean, honestly, just like it was through lots of hanging out, and it can went be to as... Pittsburgh a lot. Yeah. We went to, with with a good old Vince. Tried to start a household one time called the Disciples of the Alpha and the Omega. D A O Dow Dow Dow. Um, that went nowhere because then we realized a lot of the stuff that we wanted to do was already in a bigger and better household named AMBG <laughs> yeah, that we yeah. ended up just joining. Yeah. Every one of us loved the men and like specific people in AMBG who were like, shoot guys, shoot. <laughs> Settle down, Mazza. Um, that just really, Dead. No, Dead. Dead. someone asked me a question, uh, like, Hey, did, was the rugby like uh division three or whatever when you guys were there? And I go. Let me put it this way. Mazza was on the team. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Steve Mazza? Like, do you have 20 minutes? Because <laughs> I can show you the world. But uh, <laughs> he, uh, but we all joined this household together, except for Vince, who was with us, trying to start this original household. I remember the original household. He was like, now, every time a woman walks in the room, it doesn't matter what room we're in. We all have to stand up. Yeah, I thought that was And so I was like, dumb. but what if we're in the cafeteria? And he's like, it's just proper. And I'm like... Can we just wait for her to come over to the table or something? He's like, when the woman walks in the room, and we were like, what is going on? Mm. So we ended up, all four of us loved AMDG, and he loved another household. Ended up being the best thing in the world. Not for our friendship, because we never talked to him again. But <laughs> for, for, each, for our own personal and, and, and uh, spiritual journey. There's a like, lot more hair dye in that household. A lot, more, a lot more frosted tips. Yeah. Uh, the early 2000s, you were a glorious time. I, will, I, I don't want to under 
under, underestimate or undercut the importance of, of prayer in this process, though, too, right. because I think that I, I know even now, and I think I know a lot of people that get frustrated that they can't find something they're looking for in life, whether it be a good friendship or relationship with a significant other. And I mean, I specifically prayed that first week, even though I had no idea what I was really praying. You know, Lord, I don't like it here. I don't know anybody. You know, please send me a friend or send me some friends that, you know, you would prefer. And literally the very next day, you know, not that always going to happen that way. And then we all prayed about household and that's when AMDG came up. So it's not something that I think necessarily is just going to fall into our lap. You know, I think, I think once we had it, we consciously tried a nourishment. We prayed a lot together in the beginning. Cause I, 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 I do specifically remember praying in the grotto Especially after a, after a nine eleven happened. Oh yeah. Chapter two: The sorrow of the World Trade Center. A common thread in all origin stories is the reality of suffering, for it is through the crucible of loss and pain that the human heart is formed and friendships are galvanized. And so it is here that our podcast takes a serious turn. For our crucible was 9-11, an event so tragic that it shaped not just our freshman year, but the very foundation of our friendship. We let John, whose family lived in New Jersey and father worked in New York, lead us in this part of the tale. My dad was in New York City, and so he worked in New York City, and he was, um, I think they they had, they were across the street from one of the uh, fire departments that lost everyone, and he, they went up on, they had this observation deck on the top of their building, and they all went up there after the plane hit the first tower, and he told me, like, I saw fire trucks leave this place, leave this department. And those guys never came back, That's right? You know, and then he watched the second plane hit the second building, you know. And then the build the the city's all shut down. My mom couldn't get a hold of him. It was like, what the hell is going on? Because I remember waking up that morning, and it was like I woke up to some Ohio Valley radio station. It was like, well, it sounds like a sounds like a a, a small plane has hit a building in New York City. It doesn't sound like anything serious though. So I was like, oh, okay. So I just went to class and then came back. And I remember this crowd of people you know, crowded around a TV. And it's like, holy crap. The, you know, the, the Twin Towers are falling down. Which I think for you, because I remember a New York being such a dissonant. Like, I was from Ohio and I really hadn't gone out east yet. Dayton. Good old... Ohio, <laughs> and I remember in second in, in flight a weird way exactly first in flight you son of a bitch okay um that they had to leave the state to actually fly the true. plane they came up with the idea in Dayton but it was like okay the weather here sucks it's always raining of aviation let's go down to North Carolina and these people keep saying yeah anyways I remember not in Dayton um it's a stellar nation <laughs> it's a well, they earned it. Right. Um, <laughs> I, I can remember, like, John, I think that you put a face on that, you and Jimbo, in a way that I probably would not have experienced had I been at 
you know, Arizona State or something like that. Because yeah. I just because yeah. I remember, I mean, and and you probably don't, but I remember going up to you and we were walking towards like France and going, "Have you heard about oh what's happened?" Because I was like worried because because I knew that your dad had worked in the city, and I I, I just I don't know why I just remember that being like, "Wow, this is a real thing that's, that's affecting." Because at the point in time you're 18, yeah, that's a world away. But f- uh, for you, I-, I remember you saying it's going to be so weird going home and not be- being able to see the twin, the uh, t- twin towers. Yeah, that let let it be clear. I'm not from New Jersey, <laughs> but <laughs> but I I mean at the time, so we mo- you know we moved around a lot with my dad's job, and at the time we lived in New Jersey, and we had lived there for I think six years at that time. But yeah, yeah, it was. I remember because it was. I mean, it totally altered the skyline, and like I knew personally at least one person who was in the building. Oh, uh, wow. You know, and then we, like, we couldn't talk. We we didn't know if my dad was okay. Yeah, because yeah. you literally, if you guys remember, like, you couldn't make phone calls. Oh yeah, yep. oh yeah, because that, that was <laughs> sounds really old saying this, but it was like that was before we had cell phones. You know, so you like the phone lines were all tied up, so you you couldn't call into the city yep and um we actually had one of our good buddies his dad was a fireman and i remember he was glued to the tv the whole day because he didn't know where his dad was he he was fireman out in long island who got a call in so the jimbo the jimbo yeah it's amazing how suffering and we said this before like suffering makes friendships more intense i think it does that because when you suffering gives you knowledge, but when you suffer with someone, it incre- increases that like spirit of togetherness. Because like some people have friends that are only their drinking buddies or work buddies, and when the suffering comes, the pain comes, the difficulties come. It's like you know what I don't want to deal with that right now, and you leave those people, and so you see who your true friends are. But when you become friends in the face of you know adversity and suffering or all that pain or whatever, it just I think it just crystallizes it ten times faster. Um, but moving on, like Franciscan was very important to us because it, it incubated our faith in a lot of really great ways. For me, I attribute my household brothers, which was so unique because we four remained really close, even through the churn of Luke and Adam going to study abroad in Austria for a semester, and then me doing it my following year, John, Adam, uh, and Luke staying back um, while Luke did his uh, super senior laps around uh, the school. <laughs> my my favorite moment of Luke when he was the meanest to me was he got a you whole. You told this story. Did I? Wait, which one? Yeah, this this, this the GED. This? Yeah, yeah, you already told that story. See, Luke hates that story because he looks like an idiot. But it started off with him shaming me in public. <laughs> All right, I'll go to Gilbert therapy. can't handle that. So I can't because I have s- I have so fragile a self esteem. Um, really, our <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm, I was doing the exact opposite of what you told us to do with uh, the microphone. One thing I think that people <laughs> tend to uh, tend to uh, forget is that God, he he works w- through others, and he works, and so like that means that he works, uh, like he works in us and also like through us as well. And I think that was really evident with everything that we went through during college. Um, I mean, like Adam, I don't know. So, like me and Adam are probably, I would say, on the surface, are the most are, are like are the most are, we're the most. I guess like different would be the only word, but I think underneath, 
we're also like one of the most alike in a lot of ways. W- w- would you agree with that? Kind of. I don't know. What, no, no, he wouldn't. Idea. No, he no, wouldn't no, at no. all. No, that is Adam's no face. <laughs> that is okay, sorry. Well, I like, know that look. That's a no look. I don't know. We're I guess very, I don't know what you mean. Like we're very complimentary. Yeah. So that, that that's actually a bit. Like, Agree. We really, because every time this is honestly like every time I remember being I remember being so upset about about a girl. It almost got comical. I knew that when I that when I really like needed anyone there, God was gonna like send you. And it happened so many times because you could help me see it in a way that like I couldn't see. Like all the other fish in the sea. No. <laughs> no. No. Like there exactly. are so many others. So many. No. That and there were other things like I, that. Like I needed a tear. You know, and I think that really, I think like any time that I needed a laugh, like John was always there and you were just around Goma. So that was good. I was just around in the library. Oh, there's so many books, so many books. Where's all the thinking taking place? Yeah. Hey, can you guys turn off? Can you you turn off the, so I had this thing that I would do where I would turn off all the lights and just think about stuff. And then my roommate would walk in and be like, hey, Gomer. Matt, Mo, Sherry. <laughs> <laughs> what a great guy. I want to make this be meaningful because you know what we do on our podcast? We heal people. We tell stories and we just bring a lot of healing into people's hearts. You're welcome, world. We change lives. Is, is what we do is we change lives. That's so, presumptuous. Uh, very much so. And pretentious. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but the... W- <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Dang I don't have it. Just the sound effects <laughs> of John Hmm. Hmm. Beep. You bastard. You bastard. I'm just going to say, we have, we've been recording for 50 minutes, and we have a rock solid seven and a half minutes worth of content. <laughs> <laughs> Chapter three. Oh, crap. Now we have to adult. Any fellowship is easy to maintain when all are gathered in the same location and have little to no real responsibilities other than hanging out with girls in common rooms and occasionally taking a test. But what happens to that fellowship when life hits you hard? Post-graduation, our heroes scatter to the four corners of America, all pursuing radically different trades. A new dilemma emerges that our heroes would have to valiantly face. How the hell do you make friends in the real world with adults? Ugh. We all basically went off into very extreme <laughs> jobs, extremely different jobs in all different parts of the country, you know. Uh, East Coast, where you were up north for a while. Uh, uh, oh, Flo- you were, you were Florida, Florida, Ohio, and North Texas. Yeah, yeah. I was in Texas for the longest time, and then Luke was in well, the not so Virgin Islands, and then up to Northern California. Hello, Idaho, Idaho. Idaho. You were Idaho. <laughs> Who you... goes to Idaho? Luke goes. Uh, Luke is blah, 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 goes to Idaho. That's who. Luke was a principal. That's amazing. That's the funniest thing on the face of the earth, and yet it worked. It made sense. Yeah. Um, but now my question is: now that you're young adults. Uh, John, Adam, and I have kids. We've been married for several years. How long have you been married? Adam? We've all been, those three of us have been married. It's for... a polyamorous <laughs> union. 
We got it worked out. Six Hash- years. We got married a month after you, Gomer. So Gosh, when when you that. wonder about me, just think about yourself, which is uh, which what, is what I normally. do anyway. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, hey, I wonder about what Luke's doing, but Luke should probably wonder about me. Um, <laughs> but John's been married the longest. Yeah, John wins. Hashtag Nine. love wins. Nine, yeah. Love does win. Nine years this month. All right. This month. Are you going to be here for the anniversary, or are you going to be? <laughs> no, 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 I'm going to be home. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. What do you do for your anniversaries? Tried it. <laughs> keep it clean keep it clean uh, we, we're just happy if we can go go to dinner nice <laughs> yeah so before ripping each other's clothes off oh my what do you do adam for your anniversary i uh, usually take a couple of days off work around that time um we usually get have a baby nine months later <laughs> and uh, no we usually go out to a dinner and you know try to make it nice but it's just hard anniversaries are hard you know you really want to do it right but it's hard Trips are always good. Trips are always good. If you, especially before you have kids, if you can do like a weekend or something, get away. Me and Shane have been really lucky. I always go on a trip during our anniversary. <laughs> <laughs> I get to leave her alone with the kids, yeah. and then I go and talk to the high schoolers about Jesus. But really, what I try to do is get them really emotional, and then tell them to make a decision that'll affect the rest of their lives. Mm-hmm. That's how we roll. Um, but how do you find? Friendships, making friendships in the new places, like honestly. Is it easy for you? Is it hard for you? Is it, you know, off and on, hot and cold? Moving to a new place, moving to, um, like, Luke moving to Idaho, notoriously, not a lot of young adults who weren't already married and all that stuff. Um, I don't know. what what Who wants to go first and, and just kind of talk about that? Because I think a lot of our listeners are young adults, right? They're college students or college graduates, and they're in the world. They're getting a paycheck, and hopefully, and they're looking around, and they're like, I don't know anyone. Or if you do, it's like a, maybe like a party scene kind of thing that you kind of want to get away from. I don't know. You want to go first? You just move the microphone to your face, and I was like, oh, John's going to jump in here. So for me, growing up, we we got transferred every, like, three years or so. Um, and that it kind of every three years, right after, you know, you'd get good friend group developed and you were comfortable you kind of got torn away from that and then put into a new place and you had to start all over so i i hated that growing up so for me it was like okay got to college met you guys and you know our other friends at school you're welcome but mostly you guys sorry carter (laughs) and uh he listens right okay who else listens Mastriani. Word Mastriani. Tom, what's going on? <laughs> um, yeah, so, you know, I met, met you guys and our friends at school, and it's like, okay, I've got my friend group, and then, you know, moved to a new place, right? And then, you know, so I had my wife, but I think be- for me, because of the way we grew up, and it was like forced every three years, okay, you now have to go outside your comfort zone and make new friends i was kind of like i'm done with this you know what i mean so i still kept in touch with my friends from school that you know where where we had really deep profound friendships i'm like i'm kind of done you know i i don't i don't feel like doing this again so for me it's very easy to um kind of just retreat into myself and just say, okay, I'm, I can be alone and I'm fine. 
but I'm really not fine. You know what I mean? And it's the same way. I think, you know, my wife and I are both kind of homebodies. Um, so what, for me, what really has helped is having kids and you know, your, your kids, you need, you want the best for your kids. So you want your kids to have friends. So you make friends with their parents and you get into, you know, social activities, um, you know, for them. And through that, it's been good for me to, you know, develop friendships and meet people. And, but I, I have a tendency to, to kind of want to withdraw. So that's kind of what I fight. So I don't know. That's probably the opposite of what you wanted me to say. No, that's exactly what I wanted you to say. So you're saying in summary, like, you had to constantly lose friends, make new ones quickly, lose friends, make new ones quickly. And then you made really good ones for a longer period of time, but five, six years in yeah. college, because you got your master's degree and all that um, at Franciscan, that moving to a new area, and you've moved around twice, three times since you've moved to the general city that you're in? Yeah, I've moved uh, now four times. Four times, yeah. yeah. Uh, in nine years, whatever. Yeah. Um so it's all you know, new schools, new churches, new work, you know, places. Um, yeah. So it gets hard, for, but you're just like, I don't need to do that. <laughs> I like that. Like I'm a homebody. Why do I want? I don't know. For me, I just felt like I have so many friends. It is so damn difficult to think about building a new friendship up to that level. Yeah, and well, and that's what I'm. I, I think probably what I'm trying to say is that you know, it's 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 like it's a lot of effort, and when you're when you're working full time and you know you're you're working whatever eight to five eight to six whatever your work hours are and you get home you're tired as hell you know you just kind of want to relax it, it's hard you have to force yourself to to kind of you know go outside your comfort zone uh, as I say, for you i think for you gomer and luke it's a little bit of a different story because you guys are both for the most part very extroverted and outgoing oh, yeah. and seems that's like that everyone you, always leaves out sexy. See, <laughs> seems like you make win for me. You make friends fairly easily. You, you know, you're pleasant to be around, but I think uh, for people that are more like John and I where I think we are nice and pleasant people, but we don't necessarily give off that vibe because we kind of tend to kind of go into ourselves. It's a little bit more challenging, but I find that the desire is always there for me to be, have a relation with somebody relationship where that's building or that's that that's a uh, a benef- mutual beneficial giving of time energy prayer sacrifice and things like that so each place that we end up going because we're in the military and all this sort of stuff each place that we end up going you know we are reaching out to people who are like us who have similar interests so i think the key is what what are your interests if your interests are partying all the time and that's what you do then you're going to make friends who party then that's not going to be ideal but if your interests are, like John said, families and children, um, you know, your church, your faith community, um, guys who are like you, then then you can, I think, or girls, because there's girls listening to who you can uh, potentially increase your, you know, your. So each place we've moved, we've made good friends. But actually, for me, the biggest challenge I've made is I've had is keeping in contact and keeping that friendship alive right. so this this yeah. Yeah, exactly this foursome here has been uh a pretty good one but we have a good foundation but if you're only that somewhere for a few years like john and then you make a good friendship 
but you haven't had those solid foundation that time you know you nurture that relationship like we have and then you move away it's like gosh how much time do i want to invest like maintaining that so that's been a big challenge i th- i think also as as men i think it's harder for us to maintain um long deep relationships with other men <laughs> how deep well his name is Warren. <laughs> we should probably edit that out. Um, but it's like, I mean, it's like, it's like we were talking about before, right? We were, we were commenting earlier today about how, how rare, I think you, Adam, you brought it up. It was like how rare it is to have a group of friends from the same area, from the same school. And you've kept in touch for this long. It's like, you know, how many, how many guys that it's like four people or more um you know that you've got such a deep relationship with such a deep relationship with and it's you know it's i don't know i think that's i forget where my train of thought was because you you told me to pull the microphone closer actually to talking mouth. to your microphone yeah no i'm getting tired that makes sense so sleepy <laughs> i want to go to sleep wearing us down uh which means we need to drink more <laughs> <laughs> Think about, I mean, think about the stuff that it really took us to get to where we're at. I mean, how many masses did we go to together? How many holy hours? How many rosaries? How many ups and downs? Girls, you know, in John's case, guys. um, (laughs) (laughs) You know, how many? It was a club he was in. Yeah, moves, weddings. (laughs) I mean, we were there for each other on everything. And that just can't happen. And, you know, now that we're adults with four children, you can't do that, really. Can yeah. you? Can you? I'm asking. I don't know. My biggest thing is I hate how I don't keep in contact with people. So we downloaded an app called WhatsApp, uh, which is just an instant messaging instant messaging platform that uses your data, not your texts, so that we can – it's just us. I don't have anyone else on that uh, for the most part, and it's just us, and we communicate, and that's like our thing. So I – that is literally the most effort I've ever made at staying in touch. Uh, my friend Chris Miller, my friend Chris Miller. Um, What's he doing now? Uh, he's a, a radio Olymp- clown. He's an Olympic juggler oh. <laughs> <laughs> and a curler. Uh, and still more important to us than Gomer's heart. Wait, that makes sense. More important than us. You didn't know. Hooked on phonics worked for me. <laughs> oh, Luke. <sighs> Anyway, I don't really, I mean, I talk to him like once every like three months for, you know, 10 minutes. Um, Usually when one of us pops out a kid and then we talk and then he makes him a godfather, uh, which I'm not doing for Luke. Um, Listen, you got to be Adam's in Adam's wedding. And you two were just loser readers. Losers and you're reading. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Don't you high five that. Don't you. Oh, I high fived it. Um, so what do I need to do in order to maintain contact? I honestly think for individuals and for couples, so Luke's getting married. This is great advice. It's always the best thing you can do is to find alone time with you and your spouse. You always need to find alone time with you and your spouse in the midst of kids, in the midst of craziness, in the midst of work. You need to do that. And then on top of that, and not just sex. Right. Exactly. Because, uh, well, I don't really know why I'm just assuming <laughs> that that's a good thing. I wouldn't know. Um, because that's all we do when we're alone. Uh, literally, for like five minutes, as soon as it happens. We're alone. 
What happened to your clothes? Um, <laughs> Hi, Shannon. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just had this image of like our next door neighbor being like, wait, I'll be right back. I'm going to go get the thing. And then they walk away and we're like, we got it. We have literally 30 seconds. And that's all I need. Um, but talking specifically about fostering friendships. I need to be better at, I think, especially when you have a group of people, I always hear about people having like an annual fishing trip, you know, an annual guys, blah, blah, blah. I think we need to do, we probably can't swing annually because that's, shit's expensive, but. Our wives would not be happy. Yeah. I mean, they could that. come at like the end or something <laughs> and visit, but certainly not in the beginning. <laughs> not when we, we buy the beer, that. just when we need to be nurse Because I think we hit a point where, it was at a wedding, I don't remember who's whose it was where i think subconsciously we all realized that oh this is gonna stop soon all all of these weddings where we all keep hanging out two times a year yeah this is gonna end who's kissinger's wedding i i think it might have been that and like and i think there was a turn from when because we would talk once i mean i think like john we would talk once every two or three months or so just via like a text message or like a quick call just saying hey and something happened it might have been at that wedding where it's just something kind of like clicked i don't really know what and we just started to we all stayed in contact more mm-hmm. yeah i went months as, and months like two or three times a year just talking to adam like out of everyone like mm-hmm. luke we would talk because of something would happen Drizaldi, we would talk because i was flying out in atlanta doing ministry stuff so i always had a thing but then adam i was never in the area except when i did a parish mission near you other than that i was never in florida and so it was just like you know craziness of lives and all that stuff because I, yeah. I i think probably of the most we went, i think john probably of the the time where we didn't talk as much was would have been right after college like right after your wedding yeah not by not by choice just kind of by like well life I, being I, life yeah and, and i didn't have an iphone then I mean, yeah, honestly, yeah. honestly, I yeah, think, I, honestly, iPhone was huge because we started texting more and then we did, you yep. know, and I would start texting with you more and then I, I wasn't yep. texting with Adam as much. Like Adam and I would Because Adam each refused other. to get an well, no, iPhone for the longest I, so time. So I didn't have like I still don't have texting one. Yeah. and I didn't, I don't know if you did or not, but I didn't. So I was like, I don't want to, you know, blow his texts up or whatever. Yeah. So then the WhatsApp thing, honestly, is kind of stupid as it sounds. That's been a really good thing, I think. Yeah. For, yeah. This for is us. one of those things that technology did not come in between, but technology amplified in our existing oh, social you know, friendship thing. And I, I always think that, like, I think about how many people I'm in touch with, like the photos and the jokes that we keep going, the times when we just send a single text message, we're like, I really need your prayer right now. Guys, can you pray for me? Pray for job stuff, family stuff, personal stuff. Um, we could never do that, yeah. even with t9 texting on a crappy old slider phone or whatever we could never we never would have done a roller razor <laughs> you know what though but we also such a skinny phone you guys <laughs> remember but we would email each other over breaks yeah because do you remember so in our household we, ha- we had this little thing i think it stopped now where anytime oh, yeah. anyone would do and they would write an email they would put a quote in between we started, other name. That. We, we started, started that, that. Yeah. with came Simpsons from one that quotes. we had amongst each amongst yeah. each other yeah, and um, so I, I think that a desire was was always there. We found <laughs> ways 
to make that work. I had totally forgotten about that. We should totally put that in WhatsApp. Whenever we send a message, we have to sign it and put a funny quote in between our <laughs> yeah. personal. Well, because I mean, like I um, irritates me that nobody remembers that we did that. Oh, right. Word's <laughs> uh, probably just gonna take all of the credit for that because he's an asshole. I'm sure he already has. He's a because he's a letter writing asshole. So. Uh, <laughs> <Letter> <laughs> <laughs> um. I kind of I, I have a little bit of a different point of view on all of the stuff on all of the friendships because I had to change because I moved and the, and all those moves were pretty dramatic like going from Ohio I, mean, I was out in I was out in um I was out in Washington uh, DC went out to California from there Idaho here now I'm back in oh, back in oh back in Ohio and each time I had to make n- brand new friends and it was awesome because I actually because I because I did make a lot of amazing friends who are still like they're extremely they're just like some of the best people that that I know but I had to try to make that happen with, with us it just it happened very like it ha- happened pretty naturally what do you guys say but, but I, I think that's also part of being 18 I think I think yeah, I think it did happen very naturally, but also I feel like, and I think you you said this earlier, we had a very quick bond between the four of us. Yeah, and it was all it, it was that happened very quickly too. I think. Yeah, and that's why you know, looking back, yeah, we always made an effort over breaks or whatever to email each other with quotes or whatever. Make anti Satan mixtape sa- mix CDs. Yeah, those really were. I still have mine. I still make one. I have. I still have mine too. It's uh, horrible. I know, right? <laughs> OC Supertones. Those people suck. Ah, uh, uh, screw you all. Yeah, but th- those were all things. The anti Satan CDs were like, hey, you're going to be tempted when you go home a lot worse than when you are here. Yeah. So here's a group of songs that like are inspiring and like kick butt or whatever. And we would like just, hey, this is a good song. Put that on your thing and uh, put that on your thing. Um, but where I live, all the people that I that I could hang out with, with the exception of now two people, but beforehand, it literally is people who were former teens of mine and their friends. And nothing is more awkward than being thirty three years old hanging out with a thirty a twenty two year old, you know, especially when one of them doesn't like you. Yeah, you know who I'm talking about. I know you don't like me, and I don't care. I'm still up in your face, anyway. So uh, is he listening? Probably not. So I have to <laughs> honestly, like, I went when I lived in Sugarland. I was surrounded by a group of like six or seven core guys. Now that I live an hour and a half away in the same city, basically, um, just North Houston, and I, I'm never around them. I'm I don't go out. I don't hang out with people unless I travel an hour to see Jaeger. Um, now we're starting to get some friends that are our age, um, but beforehand, like literally I'm in my house or I'm working, you know, or I'm out by myself doing, you know, whatever. Um, Hey honey, I'll go, I'll go to Walmart. And I'm just like walking around like I could buy that TV. I could buy that TV. Oh, someone kill me now. Right. It's just why it keeps on working for us. One of the many reasons. And also like why it's hard to start that with individuals is that we are like, we know how to be us. 
we can be in a room and it's the same stuff that we've been, you know, like, I mean, we don't talk about the same We've been stuff, going to the exact same party for eight years and in no way is that depressing. I mean, yeah, <laughs> but like, and, it, and, 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 and like, I know I can just be me and I can, I don't have to put up any sort of like wall or I can just make the jokes that I want to make. I can, I, there really is like an air of. I can just I I feel like I can be completely relaxed with you guys with and I don't mean that I'm on edge when I'm around other people just in the sense that like I don't have to it just comes it's just I mean, it's just so easy just to be me you know and, and I think that just takes a lot of time and it's hard and I I think we were very intentional about that and we always have been so now it's just habit yeah I'd agree I think at this age, it's important to not be um, to to have good standards as what you would want in a good friend while you're developing new friendships, but also not be overly exclusive. You know, you don't want to be exclusive. You know, you want to give people a chance. And like if somebody hung out with me and didn't like me and we were trying to form a new Christian, you know, friendship at a new location that we're at and I had a bad day, then I'm going to come off as a grump and I wouldn't want them necessarily judge me or exclude me for that. And that's the same thing I'm going to do with other people. So our friendship is unique it's beautiful and we're all wanting to develop friendships wherever we move and i think in that we can't be exclusive and those and make other people feel like they can't have or you know what i mean and i think there are a lot of people who do feel excluded not us not us though we do the excluding am i right fellas that's right chapter four the return of the inside jokes Our saga continues as our brave warriors leave behind advice and life hacks on how to win friends and influence people. And instead, they push forward into that brave new world of inside jokes. This is a land filled with the familiar and yet the bizarre and strange. In one instant, an Ohio Valley man is cheering for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And the next, he's a chicken. But it belongs to brave St. Luke, to become a beacon of light and wisdom, breaking down the majority of our inside jokes into three archetypes. The Father George, the Ohio Valley accent, and the Angry Adam. How many inside jokes, if you could actually, if we actually were to try and count, how many do you think that we have? Well, just between the four of us, or <laughs> yeah, I mean, just I mean, oh. to a thing where like, and because there are like there are tons of other people who know our inside jokes. We literally just we don't even say words anymore. We just go. Mm. 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 I'm twenty two. Luke, I'm twenty. Let me read your poem. <laughs> we need to talk. You're only eighteen. <laughs> I'm twenty. You wanna? We <laughs> don't. <laughs> This is a part of the show where Luke loses his mind. Oh, yes, I'm so sorry. Luke <laughs> 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 literally almost fell out of his chair. <laughs> oh my god! No, well, and there's just so much that we can talk into your microphone. Uh, <laughs> the, uh... <laughs> Why are you mad about that? Because I can't hear a word. <laughs> so, anywho, do you all agree with me? Oh, well, you couldn't hear what I was saying. No, I think we need to run through a couple of them. We have. Uh, mm, Irish cream. 
Uh, uh, okay, French. what's going on? Out French, here? French vanilla. Uh, you know, I tried to explain that story to someone. I'm like, so we were trying to meet this guy. Uh, we were trying to go out to this coffee place, and this guy was there, and we wanted him to come. And so we wrote a little post note on his door because we knew he wasn't there, but we thought he was going to get back. And then his roommate creepily opened the door, <laughs> who was extraordinarily socially awkward, and just stared at us and was like, "What are you doing?" We're like, "Oh, we're just leaving a note for your roommate." Why? Because we're going to go down to the coffee shop, and we just wanted to meet him down there. Are you going to drink coffee? <laughs> uh, you know, may- maybe we might. And he just proceeded to say things like, John, will you drink it black? <laughs> uh, may- maybe. Or Irish cream. Uh, yeah, that's a, that's a flavor. Yeah, we could do that. Or vanilla. <laughs> uh, I don't know if they have that down there, but we could. Or... Or hazelnut. <laughs> <laughs> what do you guys think? For literally five minutes straight. Just thinking of flavors. We can be vague with these answers. What do you think is the best one? Because I think that I know the, the one best that clearly inside wins. joke. What's the best one that will every time it's just the best? Nonstop laughter? Yeah. Like, we, it's, it's it, like, I, which one The funniest think? thing is our inside jokes literally revolve around. John is all doing doing an impression of either one of us saying something stupid on an answering machine. Oh, oh, so you were teeing me up there. I was, right? (laughs) I was setting you up. You spike it. You know how I do under sports ball. ball Would you guys all agree that the one that I'm thinking of is the best one? I'm not 100% It's close between Father George or Ohio Valley. I think it's Father. Dr- I think that oh, Father, yeah. George, Father George. I think okay. that is the one because that's the oldest. That's the oldest. That is that's the oldest. Also, the, it, that's. I mean, that. I mean, can that you tell us the story Valley. of Father George real quickly? The, the, the Father George one is. Dude, can I what? Can I tell? Can you tell the story? Yeah, it's okay, too so. good. <laughs> okay, so just super bullet point. So it's not. It's the least offensive. Offensive it could be. Okay, so Father while being horribly offensive. <laughs> so I, I went to a Catholic high school. Father George was a Russian Orthodox priest who taught us Catholic theology. Roman Catholic. Roman Catholic theology. And he had a roommate named Warren who was an... (laughs) (laughs) He was an interior He was an interior architect. Oh, yeah. Landscaper. Indoor landscaper. Indoor landscaper. One of the two. Indoor landscaper. So he lived, Warren was his roommate. (laughs) (laughs) And he had had a very unique voice. (laughs) We'll say. And you would imitate it to him when you were like a senior in high school? So it was everyone would imitate it to him. (laughs) It was not me. But yes, <laughs> you yeah. little so, you little shits. Yeah. <laughs> Sit down, you little shits. <laughs> and he can, uh, has, <laughs> no, not. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't tell that one. The bottom line is that when we got to college, John would tell us these stories, and he would do what, uh, the voice, and it became this thing that like a lot of people were like, we thought it was so funny. I mean, honestly, to me, it's still one of the funniest things that yeah. we do that I can just laugh. And it, and it has it has morphed into a lot of other stuff. Yeah, it kind of took on a life <laughs> of, of its, its own. own and a storyline of its own. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, like, I mean, almost with like set times when it was appropriate and stuff, I was just so funny. But that in the Ohio Valley accent, too. Oh, my gosh. Was just, can you talk about rumors? 
<laughs> just do your impression. So, so if anybody's ever lived in the Ohio Valley, there's a very distinct accent that that, uh, that region has. And so there was a um, there commercial. Was a, a sh- there was a commercial for a strip club, and they shamelessly advertised at all hours of the day. Oh God, yeah. And it was called it Rumors, and these commercials would come on. Rumors Exotic Shave Bar. <laughs> On what was the street? It's in Weirton. It was the Main Street Main in Wharton, West Virginia. Yeah. <laughs> Just get John to start to talk about his annoyance of Steeler fans, and it comes out pretty quickly. I think we all share that. In oh yeah, I mean, yeah. Although, like Adam, kind of is one being an Ohio Valley man. Uh, <laughs> well, actually, shamefully enough, I liked the Buffalo Bills. Oh, that's right. That, during yeah. that time, yeah. and then the. Steelers always beat them. Well, Luke, Luke, you had the Luke had the um actually the birth of our of our Pittsburgh Steeler voice. Yeah, came from a guy that Luke when Luke when we were at Franciscan that Luke worked with at Olive Garden. You remember that? Yeah, it was a guy who worked back in in, in the kitchen. He always, he would always go, "It's a Steeler Nation, it's yeah. a Steeler Nation." So when we were at Kissinger's wedding. This is for you since you weren't there, Gomer. Uh. When we were at Kissinger's wedding, we all um, we all shared a car, and somehow that voice that Luke just did evolved into basically a chicken. <laughs> so it became like, we, I think we were driving, we were talking about Troy Palomalu. It, yeah. like, it, it started out with, it's a stellar nation, and then we were just getting more excited, so it was like, it became, it's a stellar nation, Troy Palomalu! <laughs> like, it, it literally became, <laughs> oh my gosh so i think okay so i thought it was sherwin williams sherwin williams you never work i thought you worked with the guy sherwin williams that oh oh yeah well me and kravaniak doesn't listen does he no. probably crying let's just be honest no so yeah he shouldn't if he does he should you should stop chris stop listening you have much better things to do with your time <laughs> you have much better things to do with your time chris yeah so yeah that, that was i think that was my low point with the ohio valley was when i worked at the sherwin williams in steubenville with kravaniak not because of kravaniak but because of the the <laughs> the first the the uh the personalities that came in <laughs> We need six gallons of pushing along. I'm going to pee my pants. <laughs> um, well, I hope Kravadiak does listen to this podcast. I think my third favorite one, and this might make someone kind of mad, is like his, our, Adam, our Adam impression. You know, like Adam voice when it's like, and you! <laughs> like, like oh, okay, that. so... Chapter 5, The Peanut Butter Incident of 2005, and other things. Amazing human specimens could not dwell in such close quarters without fights between them occasionally breaking out. Of all the minor scuffs and squabbles, the most notorious was the Peanut Butter Incident of 2005. Do we want to talk about the peanut butter? Oh, yeah. So this is a big, huge deal. 
this final. Do you have any idea what it's like to live with three sloppy men (laughs) and be the one who's like a little less sloppy? Whoa, whoa! I was the guy that did the cleaning. Me and John, we clean like crazy. By clean, clean. you mean wet a paper towel with water and wipe off the counter. I would clean, but Luke's version of cleaning is different than most people's. Yeah, Luke's version of cleaning is the four thousand shirts that he has that has vomited from (laughs) his hamper and is all over my side of the room. He would make a pathway (laughs) so I could lay down on my futon-sized bed and while Luke spread his wings on uh, queen-size. Or he'd use like a frying pan to make his chicken or whatever and then like pour some water in it and get a paper towel and like <laughs> touch it a couple times and then it was clean that's not that's long not story long story short we had a tiny refrigerator and a beer mini fridge that you guys used and i was cleaning out the refrigerator and john had a, a bottle of natural peanut butter which was just for john and it had less than a quarter inch left. <laughs> less than a quarter at inch exactly left. Exactly 23 grams yeah, worth. Yeah, it was tiny. And I threw it away because I was cleaning out the fridge and didn't think that it <laughs> deserved a spot. And you had just bought a, the house a bunch of food and yourself a bunch of oh, food. Oh, did I? See how nice I am? Thank you. Yes, you're welcome. And when I got home, I think John really just destroyed me. The funny thing was... <laughs> John comes in and goes right to the refrigerator. He, like, puts his bag down, sighs, goes to his refrigerator, opens it up, and goes, ding, 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 ding. Hey, Gomer, do you know where my peanut butter is? I had, like, one bite left, and I was going to... And Adam it had enough, even... It was enough for one sandwich. Mm, it was enough for, uh, like, a sandwich for my 15-month-old. <laughs> <laughs> no crust, please. Um, and so, I, but I remember Adam being like, should I throw this out? I'm going to throw this out. It's just it's pretty much gone. And I was like, oh, it looks empty. <laughs> yeah, see? Got some backing there. Did <laughs> and not then, know that. And then, but you had been, like, savoring that last bite. So Fazzy's upstairs. Fazzy comes down, and you're, like, belligerently, like. You were very angry. I shouldn't have been. Hey, did you throw this? What are you talking about? Food to a college student? It was like piles of money it to did, an adult. Yeah, like, it was. I, do you remember when Pat drilled holes into his fridge so he could put a padlock on it so people wouldn't take his Dr. Pepper? Food is currency. It is. In yeah. college, that's really true, actually. Yeah. Good. yeah. Yeah, so a few people came over to our house, and they had been drinking, and one of them took um, Jimmy's cup. It was a gla- It was some glass from Jimmy's last. Because Jimmy came as, was he non-trad or was he grad school when he came? Grad, grad so he came as a grad student. So it was from his undergrad from back home. Oh, yeah. And he took the cup. And I think Jimmy had told him, like, hey, you guys, you know, we're going to go to bed. You, can you, you guys need to head out or whatever. And this one guy, the Irishman, <laughs> he got pissed that he had to go home. And so he went outside. You remember we had those, like, three trees in the back of the mm-hmm. house? And he took Jimmy's cup and he smashed it against the tree. And Jimmy goes, man, what the fuck is he think he's doing? <laughs> Jimmy runs outside and chases him down out of the project. I, I guess I guess the he Irishman ran. jumped in his crazy van and just he drove He was scared of oh, Jimmy. Man. Wow. Yeah. Oh, I Jimmy, was Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy mad. I mean, Jimmy, Jimmy was mad. I'd be. <laughs> that was an awesome impression. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, we used to throw parties where it was called You Don't Belong, where we would publish a list of people that didn't belong at our party. It was essentially, we invited the whole campus. It's not good for an invitation. Uh-huh. Make people feel good about friendship. No, no, we were, I mean, this is a part of the, listen, I'm just being authentic. This is just... Well, because the whole point was when we were freshmen, it used to be like, it was just us. 
and we didn't allow anyone else in. That was kind of the, the whole joke. And that's wrong. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But, you know. Well, this is all I'm going to say. It's my house. It's my property. It's my booze. If you're coming over to have a party and you're 21 years old and I don't want you at my house, there is an element of I'm being a snobby, jerky, prick person. But there's also an element of I, I, I'm not going to you're not just automatically allowed to come to my house. Now, we did it. We pivoted that into the most dickish way possible where we buy. Hey, no. We posted a list of people's names on the outside of our house. <laughs> that is not, not that is allowed. not Christ-like. At yeah, all. so we put the list was literally people who were not invited. Yeah. No, no, and, it was it was invited. No, no, yeah, we didn't make an uninvited invited. list. Yeah. yeah, yeah, we didn't do an uninvited yeah, list. We did forget people and added them in. And yes, yeah. I mean, we, like, we'd and write them in. Bra- I mean, like I would put down. We put down like, whole households. And I remember one time I put um, Brittany Brown and all of her hot friends. Like so, it was like really broad strokes of like the whole household of whoever. You're going to edit out at least 45 minutes. <laughs> I, I, at, honestly, at least. <laughs> I really wonder if this, this is, is ever going to go public. This is your shortest podcast ever. Yeah. Okay, no, it will. it's a 10-minute podcast today. Chapter 6, The Last Bachelor. The intrepid heroes take a brief respite whilst Luke is going pee-pee on the potty to conjure up some holy wisdom that they can share with him on the occasion of his wedding. Luke is the last bachelor. So John, Adam, and Gomer reflect on their experience of holy matrimony so that Luke, dear, sweet, naive Luke, does not make the same mistakes that they do. Let's give Luke the best either wedding day advice wedding night ad- or honeymoon advice or oh. um or marriage advice just think just think right now best wedding day wedding night or marriage advice while you think i have to go pee really really badly yeah you so, so, so it's wedding day wedding I'll night right or, no, yeah. or, or pick which one wedding day wedding night or take your time think. or okay well i have a i have a rebuttal to that while he's peeing okay what is something you wish that somebody would have given you advice of at this point, six years in? Or at any point between now and then? That's a good question. Uh, I really wish people would have told me that I needed to carve out time with my wife. Because you get, once you add kids, it gets exponentially more difficult. It's costly, you know, finding babysitters, all that stuff. Yeah. To find the time for just you two in a way that is that doesn't revolve around like sex that doesn't revolve around anything other than that. Right. I mean, like just being friends again, you know, like not just being like two people who are running around like crazy people trying to keep up with the kids and you get dinner, you get, yeah, 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 exactly. That (laughs) you are teammates, but you want to be, yeah, you still want to foster the fact that they're best. friends. Yeah. And what you don't want to get to is to a point where you finally get to a date night and you don't, all you can do is eat. Wonder what your kids are doing. Oh, yeah, and yeah, and eat, and not know what to talk to your to your wife about. He's Luke locked can't out. Open a door He's locked out like a like an infant. Yeah. Like you lock an infant into their own room or whatever. We should put one of those little walking gates up. <laughs> a monitor in the room so we can see what he's doing. Luke, Luke, lay back down. Lay Be back. Be quiet. Down. No crying. All right. No treat for Luke. No treat. Uh, <laughs> All right, here's a Lone Star. Drink up. 
So I would say for me, and we kind of were, honestly, I was kind of thinking of what you're saying. So make time for yourselves and your, your wife will be honestly, um, your rock in a lot of situations. So don't forget to, don't, don't ever underestimate the importance of sharing with her what you're going through what you're what you're struggling with what you need support and help with put your pride aside because for me that's been big is like put your pride aside and her her calling and your calling now is to make saints of each other and when you have kids to get your kids to heaven and you can't do that unless you're sharing with each other and fostering a strong relationship with each other that would be my advice. I remember what I was going to say. Probably better than what I nope, just said. No, not at all. Not at all. But um, I remember early on for us, um, it was, you know, I was really worried about having kids right away. Um, so I put a lot of emphasis on, you know, natural family planning. And for two people who, you know, our, phys- uh, f- our physical touch is a big form of showing each other love, um, it it, it it was a little bit, it was a lot of strain. So that first year, just getting to know each other in a whole new way physically, I guess my advice would be to be a little bit flexible, both physically and metaphysically. Um, no, but I mean, seriously, just be flexible about the routine. Don't be so rigid like I was. And then um, be very appreciative. So you like the way I said that? Appreciative, yeah. like my mom. Um, <laughs> some of our biggest areas of conflict as we've you know gone on have been not feeling appreciated and 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 then that turns into you i feel like if she if she doesn't feel appreciated then i'm not going to feel it, it just is a bad downward spiral so thanking each other a lot for even things that are are seemingly meaningless that you think are not a big deal that she did thank her for it thank her for the small things that she does thank her for the way that she raises your children god willing that you have children and hopefully you know she's appreciative of you and the more you appreciate each other the the better jobs that you guys will do with each other so uh my advice luke is about the wedding night oh <laughs> my advice is actually about um the wedding day there is no such thing as a perfect wedding there's never been in the history of humanity an absolutely flawless, perfect wedding. And once you can acknowledge that your wedding is not going to be perfect, that's when it can be great. Um, that's when you can take the pressure off. That's when you don't become a groomzilla or a bridezilla because you're trying to force and control everything and force everything to happen perfectly. And, in fact, the funniest thing is when I, I've been to several weddings um, I went to the poorest wedding I've ever been to, and it was literally the most fun I've ever had at a wedding. And then I went to the wealthiest wedding I've ever went to one month later, and it was the least fun I've ever had. You're talking about your wedding and then my wedding a month later. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> Fazzy's wedding was so painful but so opulent. <laughs> no, I went to this wedding, and it was everything was perfect in terms of, like, the cake was beautiful. Like, to me, the cake was the icon of the thing. It was absolutely beautiful looking. It cost like twelve grand or something like that, um, and it tasted like plastic. And you literally saw people get a slice of it, put it down, and then run across the room. Like you literally saw old people running across the room to go to the groom's cake, which was just like a big old chocolate cake. And I, I felt like that was like the metaphor for the whole thing. Like there were more of their parents' friends invited than their friends. 
because their parents um, just were there to impress their coworkers and colleagues and stuff like that. It was brutal. It was so brutal. But they tried to make everything perfect, and no one had fun. And you're not going to remember the wedding uh, because of how flawlessly you cut the cake or you know any of that stuff or how awesome your mother son dance went you're gonna remember how much fun you had how much everyone who comes out saying oh man that was so great i enjoyed that so much it went so well you didn't bore us with all of this and the, that like you know what i mean like some people i was at a wedding where they made it so formal and all these reception things happened and it was it was just painful so my biggest advice is your marriage is worth a kick-ass wedding right it's not about your marriage is not about the wedding right so more people prepare for their mar- or their wedding than they do for their actual marriage but um yeah i just think once you accept the fact that it's not going to be perfect then it can be fun and awesome do you remember your best man's best man speech speaking of imperfect <laughs> oh, weddings yeah. yeah i mean it was literally a speech of inside jokes and innuendo uh, <laughs> the whole time and the catholic church's view on homosexuality yeah yeah oh, wait, uh, r- wait that's right during your yeah I forgot about that. It was I. I liked Y'all it. Y'all act like you would. forgot about Dre. No, he made fun of Protestants and homosexuals, and I had a whole table on my mom's side of the family that was. There. I was very offended. Yeah, but uh, but he. That's okay because I gave literally the worst thing at his at his. I have two horrible best man speeches, and one was his when I was at his wedding. I was like, uh, "The splendor of beauty is the splendor of truth," as Plato says. And then it all went downhill from there. And that means it didn't really start at a high level <laughs> to begin with. And the other one I was so nervous at, I went, everybody, ra- uh, the woman, ra- the young woman that went in front of me, the maid of honor, she did a toast. And then she ended with, so everyone raised a glass and, you know, bummer. And then I walk up and then I go, I was so nervous. I go, everyone raise your glasses. And they all raise their glass and I'm like, so I've known Daniel for blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <I told laughs> yeah. Two or three minutes each, and they're all like switching hands with the glass up in the air. And then uh, at the in the middle of it, I said, so I introduced him to his wife. I introduced him to his current boss and all this other stuff. And I said, seems like I'm not only am I the best man, I'm the better man. <laughs> Adam, can I tell, if not, it's fine. Can I tell the story of what happened during the, um, the Maid of Otter speech at um, your wedding? Yeah. So I gave a so like Adam's one of the greatest guys that uh, that I've ever met in all honesty. He's just he's awesome. And uh, um, um, and so I gave a speech that I was I was like really. And so the so I came out about a week earlier and it was like you and me and your wife and her maid of honor, who who was her sister. She was like 17 at the time she was really nervous about about her speech and i had actually coached her through it leading leading up to it so i do so like i'd like my speech heartfelt amazing it was pretty good it was amazing and i handed her the mic and under my breath i go beat that (laughs) (laughs) and she just she like (laughs) she takes it and everyone was pretty moved by my speech and she just started to cry (laughs) And I felt like a horrible human being. Yeah, I think she just said to the bride and groom. And I know, I us felt and then, so bad. It doesn't matter. No, no one's laughing. Or, <laughs> or staring it's at so other. funny because I remember you saying, <laughs> I know, I felt like such an asshole. Because I, I, I really, I, I did, I mean, we probably had, we probably talked for 
about an hour like how to give a speech and stuff and things like that 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 line though is perfect sampling of amdg like yeah we finally do something awesome and we sabotage it with our own pride (laughs) (laughs) absolutely we won the steel cross we're better than you yeah do you remember we oh that was great when we won that um two years in a row row. the second year we did not deserve it we won champions cup one year and our girls' basketball team. <laughs> <laughs> I think our girls' basketball team is going to make the state championship. One thing, too, that's important if you really want to have authentic friendships is you have to just, like, acknowledge that you have that. So I just want to tell you guys, I really – I love you guys from the bottom of my heart. Not get choked up while I say it. And I really do appreciate you guys coming out here a little bit, like, earlier. And this has been a, one hell of a ride. So thank you, guys. Concluding postscript. Dear children, this epic tale of love and loss, of evil vanquished and darkness dispelled, has now drawn to a close. In order to properly end our time together, we need to fully unleash in rapid fire the inside jokes, weird noises, and awkward impressions. One last time. We regret nothing. The Ohio Valley is a great place to raise a family. But be warned. An accident packs nay taken. I think our girls' basketball team's going to make the state championships. I'm thankful for Carlos. <laughs> Carlos! This is him! This is him! Are you calling me stupid? <laughs> We are in a hotel with humans around. We're probably going to get the security called on us here. (laughs) Um, Did one of you (laughs) just scream at the top of his lungs? (laughs) Fuck you. Um, What makes you think that? We're just holding microphones. In the middle of a hotel room. I, I don't... see nothing wrong with this. It'd be so easy to pick us out from down the hall. Oh, yeah. Hey, do you think after this, um, you guys can ride me over to the bar? If anyone has stuck with us this long, you are a Catching Foxes hero. You are a shining star. Mm-hmm.